Hello my friends, welcome to the We Are TGF Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're keeping safe and well, and don't forget to hit the follow button so you know when we upload next. Hello again you lovely, lovely people. How are you all doing it's been a long time since i've done one of these podcasts but i will explain why very very soon today we are back and we are doing another podcast but this time it's going to be a little bit different from now on instead of just having random guests on and trying to find out their history which will still be a thing by the way we're going to do something a little bit of a change to the usual methods we're going to have a topic that we can discuss in general and that is going to be the theme for most of the podcast then we'll do the news and the new game releases at the end followed by a little bit of a laugh and a joke along the way so with today being the first episode back after a long while And that being due to me being ill and just not uploading any content on YouTube, TikTok or even streaming for quite a while. I have now managed to get back into the rhythm and we are going to start recording podcasts again. However, the change is going to be every two weeks now rather than every week. So I have a bit more time to sort out guests and to sort out what the topic of the conversation should be on any given episode. So without further ado, let's get on with the introduction. And I say introduction without the plural because we have got one of our good old favourites when it comes to the We Are TGF podcast. I am of course talking about one of my favourite streamers, one of yours. I'm talking about Thither Leech. Hello mate. Hola. Very good, very nice. <laughs> very good, very nice. Hello, sexy banana. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, pal? I'm doing good, thanks. How are you doing? I am fantastic. I'm being, well, I'm back up to 100% health now. So, obviously, that's going to be a, nothing but a good thing. Because, yeah, it... It was a little bit horrible for a while there. You know what they say. What do they say? Go on, tell me. The only way is up. (laughs) Ooh, baby. (laughs) Now, there is a reason, people, that I have got Thither Leech on. And that reason is the topic of today's podcast. The topic, as you can probably guess by the name of this episode is parents who game, or parents who stream. Now, I'm not talking about the parents who would rather sit there on their ass playing the computer instead of actually doing their fucking job as a parent. If you can't look after them, keep it in your fucking trousers, that kind of thing. I'm talking about the people like myself and like Nick who have kids that they have to look after but will also stream and game as well. Because, Nick, I think you'll agree, it is a balancing act, isn't it? 
very much so. But you've got something extra as well. You work as well, don't you? Unfortunately. So, <laughs> yeah, whereas I've got all my content, I've got my TikTok, my YouTube, my streaming, and then gaming on top and doing the podcast. And I'm trying to balance that with being able to be, well, a good hobby to my missus and a good father to my daughter and my eldest son who doesn't really take much in the way of parenting now because he's old enough and wise enough to fend for himself but it doesn't really help things when you like spread yourself so thinly you however you have got a full-time job your responsibilities as a dad and you stream as well so it it can't be easy can it no and this is where it affects mental health stability as well so would you say you struggled with that yourself oh yeah without a doubt without a doubt um but it's like you said it's a balancing act for me it's go to work come home spend time with the kids and then when you wind down that's gaming slash streaming time yeah and then rinse and repeat basically you know and you know what they say some gamers find gaming very helpful to their mental health and i have to agree with that it does yeah. wind me down and I don't sit there in a dark room contemplating as much as I used to. <laughs> yeah, um, and I get that. But no, it is a gigantic balancing act. But it is manageable. So and the kids, the kids love it as well. The kids love it as well. Well, get yeah, this is it. This is something I wanted to mention to you because I was... I was really, really happy that I started streaming because it's something that I've wanted to do for the longest time. And I even started, if you look at the age of my channel, you will notice that I started a long time ago, back in, it must have been like 2011, 2012, something like that. And then... I think it might have been even been a little bit earlier than that. But I started streaming and I sort of gave up quite quickly because of personal things going on in my life, which I won't go into detail about on a podcast. But I started having a few difficulties and I just, rather than concentrating on being this negative nancy on stream i decided no streaming will have to t my streaming thing will have to take a back burner while i try and concentrate on myself and try and work through this crap that i'm going through at the moment which i managed to do in no small part thanks to pixie and now i started back and i'm really enjoying it again because it's obviously something that i've always wanted to do is it something that you've always, like, 
wanted to see happen for yourself? Um, well, it's kind of a weird one, really, because in my early adult life, I didn't have internet. I was very cautious with money and whatnot. So it wasn't till we had my second child, and then I was like, look, mobile data and hotspots are not working, we're spending too much money, it'd be better to get internet. And then, as soon as that happened, I thought, well, now I have internet, I can attempt to play online again. And then, getting back into who I used to play with, they mentioned that they used to stream on Mixer. So I was like, okay, it's, it's lockdown. I don't really have much to do. Let me try out streaming, you know? So then I started on Mixer, and then that closed down, and I was really getting a groove for it. And then I'll come over to Twitch, and boy, was it a lot harder. Yeah, I believe so. I, I, I believe Mixer was just a, a better platform in pretty much every conceivable way. Mixer was a lot of follow for follow to get your followers up. And that was the easiest part. Being on Mixer for a month and just jumping up to like 200 followers in no time. But not getting... That, that that was before I had the admiration to progress on a streaming platform as well. It was just a case of, let's see how many followers I can get while playing a game type thing. Yeah. But since coming to Twitch and realizing how hard it is, you kind of want to reach the goals that they set out to progress to affiliate and partner and whatnot. So that's when my streaming took a massive liking to. Um, so yeah, I I got more into the streaming when I was on Twitch and it has been a very long grind and I have spent a lot of money on upgrades and making it good. Yeah, you've got a banging PC now that can handle pretty much anything you throw at it. Pull it this way, in the year that I've, or year and a half now, that I've streamed, I've invested more money than I would ever thought I would invest into it. Yeah, and it is an investment, because at the end of the day, you will see a return. It just might take a while in order to see that return. Yeah. But it's like investment bonds and all that kind of stuff. You can put that investment up, but it's going to be a while before you see the returns coming back from it. And it will be worth it in the long run. It's just taking that first step, which is the hardest. But then this is the realisation I come to a couple of weeks ago when I was at my lowest. Everything I've bought isn't just necessarily for streaming. Yeah. So if I did give it up, then... I've not wasted thousands of pounds on myself, you know, because I can still game. I yeah. use microphone to talk to people and whatnot. And this, bearing in mind, this was at my darkest phase when I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to continue or not. Everybody has it. Um, but yeah, our very own Vapormore's just done exactly the same and he's yep. chosen to go the other way and I've got to respect that. He's concentrating on himself, and I cannot do anything but respect that decision, because it's different for every person, isn't it? 
So yeah. you've got to make that choice on your own and see what's best for your life. No one wants to see a streamer that's streaming 24 hours a day, every day of the week, if they are just going to see their mental health decline worse and worse and worse as a result of that. Yeah. I, I think me and you are pretty lucky, to be fair, because we've got such a supportive missus. And I'm not saying that Desiree's not supporting uh, Vapor at all or anything like that. They came to the decision jointly that it'd just be best for them to put the streaming on a back burner for now. Yeah. But I think people like me and you are just extremely lucky that we have got someone who supports us and believes in this thing that we're doing in our spare time sort of thing. Yeah. So how would you how would you describe your missus and the support that she's given you since you decided to take this up as like your pastime, your hobby as such? I'm quite lucky because she's not really bothered if I stream or not. Um, as long as I'm not too noisy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't disturb um, the baby. Pretty much. As I have my schedule. She knows my schedule. It kind of works out. So it's not interrupting daily life, you know. Yes. I'll wait till everyone's asleep and then I'll do my stream at night and during the day. I try and do it so it's not bothering her too much with the little one. Luckily, the other two are at school, so it works for me. I'm not getting stressed and annoyed if the kids are making too much noise. But at yeah. the same time, she gets that piece and quiet where she can chill out with a baby, or if he's asleep, she can just get her iPad and catch up on TV or whatnot, you know? So she could do her own thing. Yeah, so it's kind of like during the day streams, it's we both chill out wind down while the kids are at school and sleeping. And do you know what I've noticed? Uh, regardless to whether people are in a streaming family or whether they are just, you know, the average Joe and Jane doing their own thing, what I've realised is it's these people that spend all their time with each other without any kind of break, without any kind of, you know, quality time to yourself. Yeah. That I see going down the line very, very quickly followed by their relationship breaking down completely. And I understand exactly why they do it in that way. They think that they owe the other person something. But in my personal opinion, you need to have that thing that you have to yourself rather yeah. than something that you share with your life partner because they can take an interest in it, which is pretty standard, really. It's what you should be doing if you want a successful relationship. You should be taking an interest in other people's hobbies, but at the same time, that's their hobby. Let them have something for themselves. For me and Pixie, she does her diamond paintings and I do my gaming and my artwork and she just 
allows me to crack on with that and I allow her to crack on with her diamond painting. I'll take an interest, obviously, and I'll give my input on it if she asks for it, but I'm, I'm not interested in doing diamond paintings. It's, it's just too tedious for me. An original games of diamond painting art piece. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sometimes to be the chances of marrying them two together, there's certain businesses popping up now where you can get a diamond painting done of your pictures or your photos or anything like that. So maybe at one point I should be designing something for her and then getting it converted into a diamond painting for her to do. Oh, yeah. And exactly. So even though I've got my thing and she's got her thing, there's not. that doesn't mean there shouldn't be a crossover at some point. It's like she games on her own computer, I game on mine, but sometimes we will game together. It's just that she tends to like games that I don't like and vice versa. And, well, other than Apex, but she won't play Apex with me. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. Yeah. So, when it comes to gaming with the kids, how do you find that? Is is there any advice, for example, that you would give to other parent streamers that were thinking about doing the same? Well, one thing is... is since I've started streaming, the boys have realised what I do and how it works. And they've taken an interest in gaming themselves. Now, up until about six months ago, they never really played any computer games whatsoever. But now they're starting to dive into the gaming industry and wanting to play games. And... You feel accomplished when your child turns around to you and be like, Daddy, I want to be like you one day. I want to be a streamer. And it's yeah. like, ignoring my profession, it's like when their teacher asks them at school, well, what does your daddy do? Instead of saying my profession, they turn around and it's like, my daddy plays computer games and streams. Instead of my daddy's a <laughs> chef, Exactly. My so daddy streams, like, yeah. They know how much I care about the streaming and wanting to hopefully produce amazing content one day. And they've taken an interest in playing games and asking me and the missus how they play the game and then once they've learned, they literally fly through the game, so... It's going to become very expensive in his household. But yeah, yeah. It, it is weird to see the realisation of six months to now, it's changed so much. It has. I've seen uh, a lot of growth on your channel as well. Uh, and it just seems to be getting exponentially better it all is. the time. And... I've got to admit, I've never once gone to one of your streams, not a single one, and thought, well, do you know what? I, I'm, this stream ain't for me. You can be playing a game that just doesn't interest me, like Rust. <laughs> that, it just doesn't interest me. Low blow. <laughs> I know, but I know how much you love it. 
And even though you do love it, and it's like your kind of game, I still will come to your stream, I'll still watch you play in it, and be thoroughly entertained by it. There hasn't been a single stream that I've ever visited that you've done where I haven't smiled at least once, whether I'm there for five minutes. And that's because you love me, dude. Oh, five hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Mate, but there's not been a single one. And I've just checked out now. You're on 322 followers, mate. When I first met you, you was on, I think, about 120? Yeah. When I met you, me and Pixie were virtually close to each other. I think I was a little bit higher. And that... I've been sub to Pixie now a year. Yes, yeah, she showed me that yesterday. Um, which means, in theory, I've known her longer than a year. Because yeah, just I about I helped her get affiliate. So in let's say the past thirteen months, when both of us was on a hundred and twenty followers or so, to yeah. double that in a year is amazing it is mate like you've got people that get tens of followers each day and their growth is like they've gone from a hundred followers day one to day seven they're up to like a thousand or whatever but the slow growth is the longest way to grow but yeah. what i've realized is over the past month I've reached out to a couple of different communities where their viewers in my stream but then they've been promoting me in their communities and I've involved myself in that community socialised with everyone and that's how I've done it the last yeah month because we are crazy. social butterflies mate that's the whole point yeah, I'm very antisocial though. <laughs> well, see, for me, that's one of the pitfalls that I have uh, come up against. Uh, even though I'm concentrating on getting my content out there, sometimes there will be days or a day or two that I just don't have time to get into the Discord or going checking out other people's Discords or anything like that. Because I'm just too busy. And I don't really get a moment to myself. Whether that's just doing the housework, looking after Sarah, going out doing the shopping. I like to go out every weekend as well. So normally the weekend... Pardon me. The weekend is the time where you would get, you know, some time to yourself or some time to do what you need to do. I'm going out every Saturday without fail. I'm going out pretty much every Sunday as well. Just spending that quality time with Sarah. But you were right about what you were saying regarding your kids and them not even looking at your profession. There was a couple of instances over the past couple of weeks just as I was getting better again and... I was telling Adam and Sarah about me going to be streaming again. 
And my eldest, Adam, he was looking at my videos, how many views I was getting, looking at my streams and how many regular people I've got coming into my stream now. Even if they can only stay for five minutes, it's the same regular people coming back day after day. And he just said, I'm really proud of you, Dad. I'm proud of how far you've come. And I don't know about you, but when your own kids say that to you, it just, it means so much more than when anybody else says it. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And there was another one where... I had a, it was like in, you know, one of them surprise packs that you can get for kids. Yeah. And it'll have like a toy, a little sweet, or maybe a drink and an activity book or a coloring book, something like that. It was one of those. And it says, what is your superhero name? Put your super, put the name of your superhero in this box and then draw your superhero. And I just left it with Sarah. And then Sarah came running up to me and went, Daddy, look. And you know what she'd put? In the box, she put put the name of your superhero in this box and she'd just put my dad. God bless her. And then where it said, draw your superhero, she'd, she'd drawn a picture of me in a cape with a big bushy beard and everything. And then a big D for dad <laughs> on the chest and I was like that's just melted my heart that makes it worth it and she went that's because I think you're the best streamer ever Bless her. oh you just fucking melted my heart child and it was just one of those where I went from oh my god to I, just, I can't believe you've just done that for me and even to this day, I don't think she will ever understand until she gets older just how much that means to me. But I will remind her of that fact when she gets older. <laughs> <laughs> I even took a picture of it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put it onto the Discord server later. But yeah, I was really, really blown away by it. So when it comes to streaming and trying to set that time aside, you must feel really low at sometimes, like you've just touched upon. How do you battle through that? Honestly, no idea how I do that. Is it not your kids or your missus? Do, do you get much encouragement from your missus, for example? Yeah, no, so day-to-day -day life, when, <clears throat> depending on my mood will depend on if I actually stream or not, because if I feel really, really crappy, then I just postpone the stream, because at the end of the day, like you said earlier, who wants to see someone producing crap content while they're fighting mental health issues? Yeah. Um. So if I'm not feeling it, then it will be a case of I won't stream. If I'm feeling motivated to stream and I've got a couple of ideas for the stream itself, then I will, you know? Yeah. Because everyone's going to bed, so it's not really going to concern anyone on how late I stay awake or whatnot. 
As long as you don't wake them up, of course. Yeah, so <laughs> there's always a rough, right, look at the time, see what how late it is and if I'll continue or not. Like last night, it got to about midnight, um, and I was like, right, I need to jump off because I've got to get up in the morning to do bits yeah. and pieces. But then if I don't have nothing, then I'll, I would normally prolong the stream so it's a little bit longer. Um, but it, it depends on how I feel when I get home from work because if it's been a long day if I have a nap and this sounds really corny but if I have a nap as soon as I get home from work I'm set, I'll be streaming for a little bit longer than normal but if I come home and I sit in my chair yeah, my desk then I'll do a stream but I will be mind blown as to what I'm going to play and I'll sit there for about an hour or so and like oh, what am I going to play what yeah. am I going to do and then sometimes you'll get that and then I'll get that the catch game. 22 where you will play a game and you'll think yeah I'll play that and then you'll get half an hour into it and you go I'm, I'm just not doing? enjoying this what am I doing Yeah, that, that tends to happen a majority of the time it's always the case of what am I doing I need to do this, but what am I doing? Type thing. Yeah, and that's where it comes in as it being a balancing act. You, yeah. It's like you're juggling six balls at the same time and you have a little bit of a fumble and it's what do you do? Do you continue or do you reset and start again? Yeah. And I, I get that. So would you say one of your biggest supporters is your kids? I would like to think so. So what's the end goal for you then? What's ultimately, what would you like to get out of this? And I don't want to do that corny, where do you see yourself in five years kind of line. But I'm on about if everything goes well, everything goes as you expect, what would you see the end goal being? So... If you asked me this a year ago, I would have turned around and said, I want to make loads of money from Twitch. That's yeah. how naive I was <laughs> when I first started streaming. It was all about the money. Turning it into a job. Yeah. I still have that same mindset, but I'm not in it for the money. So I want to hopefully make it a career. Make it a profession where... I become a full-time content creator and adapt my skills. Well, you can give up being a chef and concentrate yeah, where, on being a streamer. Where I can try and get a financial stability, hopefully, I'm not expecting it. So if it happens, then amazing. If not, then no harm, no foul, you know. But yeah. my end goal is to just have an amazing community, you know. One where everyone is amazing. Well, I think that's a, a mistake that a lot of people make, to be fair. Would you think that's fair insane? Because in my personal opinion, I've seen a lot of people who think, well, I'm awesome at this game. I'm awesome at doing whatever it is they're streaming. And you think, yeah, but that's not good enough. That's just one game. Yeah. But fair enough, you can be a one game streamer. And 
I'm not going to lie, it does work for you, but you have to grind out that game. Yeah, and sometimes but, that's not easy. But there only gets to so much where you can play a game for that long without getting disinterest and keeping it fresh, you know? Precisely. That's why they say variety streamers have it hard on Twitch. Because we play so many different games and it's hard to get the right audience. Well, Fuzzy Bond, you know Fuzzy Bond, I know yep. Fuzzy Bond. If you haven't checked him out, people, he plays Sea of Thieves and more recently he play, plays Elden Ring as well, which is a game that everyone is still going mental for and I can understand why. But he gave me some advice live on his stream uh, around two months ago and it stuck with me where he just went on to the main title page of twitch and he, he was currently sat on around 500 viewers at the time and he scrolled down and he said look at these people here on like three four and five viewers within their streams how do you know they're not better than me? You don't. They could be better than me. They could be, have better gameplay than me. They could be better at the game than me. They could have a better personality than me. However, Twitch doesn't promote them. No. So they're getting their regular viewers. They're trying their best to up their game and try and become more well-known. Whereas I'm sat here possibly doing weaker content and I'm sat on 500 viewers. There's nothing to say that I'm better. So instead of thinking that you are bad at streaming, you're not. You're just undiscovered. But this is the thing as well because it's not just Twitch and the algorithm. Yeah, they don't promote... Well, I... they... They're going to be doing that though, aren't they? Ideally, if you think of yourself as a viewer. Now, what are the odds of you tuning in to an average of three viewers? Or what are the chances of you going for the big number and sitting watching that? Because you got to think, there's a thousand people watching this person. I can watch this person. Or I can sit there and watch someone that has three viewers. Yeah. You know, so a lot of it is viewership, acknowledgement into Twitch itself. Majority of people just go on Twitch to look at people with high views, you know? Yeah, not look at the, people, the best people. Exactly, not a lot of people go for the ones with the lower viewership. Now, even if you're rocking about 10, 10, 20 viewers, to them, that doesn't seem like a lot. But to a streamer, that is a lot. That's immense, yeah. You know, because we know what it's like streaming to people when having low views or high views, you know. I, myself and yourself included, we've had streams where we've streamed to two viewers. Yes. And then the next day, we could be streaming to 20 people. Yeah. Or if we use that time that you got raided, when you were on about seven viewers and then the one and only fuzzy bond raided you was it raid or was it host it was a host he hosted me with around 250 people exactly and then you got hosted for 250 people 
like more people will tune in on your numbers that's all they look at when they yeah. you on twitch and this is where it's a bit flawed you know because the generic filters when you go on a topic on a game on twitch is it's always high views to low views yes that is the generic load up for it whereas i think what they should do is reverse it so when you load up say minecraft or cfes you get the lower viewers first so then that oh just a random selection of both i would think they would be better but i find that a bit i jumped on there the other day and i had like 220 a thousand fifty yeah it it always tends to be like 50 plus yeah it's never any single digits you know and us small streamers we we are taking viewers away from the big streamers but it's spread out between everybody you know yeah and that's that recognition and that's what people don't seem to realize it tends to be people on twitch that are partnered only make up two percent of the platform but they are the ones they are the two percent of the platform that get promoted the most because they're from yeah from twitch's viewpoint it's a business at the end of the day and the more viewers they have engaging with the chat engaging with bitties and subs or anything like that the more money they make so it pays for them to promote the bigger streamers the ones that have got the most views so from a business standpoint you can understand why twitch do it but at the same time that means a lot of truly great content creators out there that don't seem to be getting off one viewer can't really get recognized because it's oversaturated with so many streamers like right now if you're in an affiliate you are already in the top 20 percent of streamers on twitch there are 80 percent of the people on twitch make up the rest of the people that are not even affiliated yet and i say yet in big capital letters because it just means you've got to keep grinding for every single 10 people that will go and try and view the highest rated people you will have people like myself so you for every 10 you'll get one person like me who will purposely go for people who are two three and four viewers and try and give them a little bit of support the reason i do that is because we all grow together and it's like you see on tiktok there's loads of videos out there at the moment where people with like 20, 30, and 40 viewers will purposely raid the smaller content creators because sometimes it's your first ever raid. It's a benefit of both sides, isn't it? Yeah. This like, I got an extra. It's a raid of 20, 30 people, sweet. But it's doing more help to the person that's done the raid because they've produced it on TikTok. Which will then in turn be like, well, this guy's thoughtful. He's doing a raid. Let's go check out his channel. And in turn, we'll get more followers from it. Yeah. And there was a guy that, uh, Jammy, I went to raid out. I only had, I think it was about seven or eight people with me at the time. But 
he said, look, uh, one of my friends, he's just started uh, playing, just started streaming. Would you mind raiding him? And I went, Jamie, as soon as it's for you, mate, I'll do it. And I went out to play. Uh, I raided out to this guy and it ended up being his first ever raid. Yeah. And he was so happy about it as well. And you, you don't get that from the bigger content creators because no. it happens frequently for them. And it's like anything. The more it happens, the more you might take it for granted. Or even if you don't take it for granted and you really do appreciate every single one, some of them just go, oh, thank you for the raid, and that'll be it. Yeah. Well, this is it. It's like when last week i got raided i think three times or twice in one stream and it was amazing because sometimes with raids as well you get raided and the viewers that have come over sometimes they're lurkers you know they're there to lurk so you don't get the response when you go like yo what's up raiders welcome in how's it going da, 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 da. and yeah. then you you look at chat and you feel accomplished because you're like oh my gosh this is my first raid but then i kind of feel bad because they don't get any feedback from chat like how's it going how's the stream doing i hope it's going amazing i'm just lurking at the minute but yeah but this know, is why shout outs are a streamer's best friend, as it is. Yeah. Because it's a nice little way of saying, thank you for the raid here. I'm going to give you a shout-out with a little clip from your stream to try and encourage people that are in my stream right now to go over and check yours out. I've got, in the region of around 70 channels that I follow right now, and it's just, it's growing, but at the same time, I don't believe in the follow for follow. No, doesn't work. Because, yeah, the amount of times I have followed someone back. So, I'm not exclusive to this. I know that other people do it too. And I will follow someone because they followed me, but... I won't go and watch their streams because I'm either watching the streams of the people that I really enjoy watching or I'm streaming myself. So I don't get chance to go and join their streams as much. Or they've just, they are streaming from a different time zone and they are always streaming when I'm in bed or something like that. So I don't really get that chance. And therein lies the problem. Follow for follow is good for getting your follower number up. But it doesn't matter if you've got 1,000 followers if you're still only streaming to two people every night. And that's the problem with the follow to follow that I have. Now, for me, I think as parents, we are setting a good example. And the reason I say that is because... When it comes to streaming as a parent, you're showing your kids that you should follow your dreams. If you've got a passion that you want to pursue, then you should do it. And you shouldn't let anybody tell you, no, you can't do it. 
I was streaming for around five, six months to two people, two, three people max, and each one of my streams would be getting around 20 viewers, if that. Now, uh, just over a year and a half later, and I, hang on, yeah, it's about, well, it's about 16 months later, I am now getting an average of four or five viewers and each one of my streams is getting around 50 or 60 views. So other people might look at that and think, well, you're not doing very well, are you? But after the amount of time that I've spent, <coughs> pardon me, after the amount of time I've spent streaming, I'm still seeing growth. So it will go up and it will go down, but that's growth. It, growth is still growth. Yeah. Which means I'm getting more regulars. I'm getting more people coming in and watching me or even just giving me a chance. And right now, I'm getting close to 300 followers. So I'm really happy with how it's going because I never even expected to get to 50 followers. Never mind nearly 300 and to be honest if i ever get up to like a thousand i think my chin's going to be on the floor <laughs> but, but that's kind of how you have to do it you have to grind and when you've got kids that makes it all the more important because you're leading by example would you agree with that yeah so when you have your kids uh, talking about you streaming and now you mentioned that they said they want to be like you and they want to stream too, how does that make you feel? Is it something you'd like them to do or would you prefer that they get what, well, what people class as a real job? No, I'd want them to get a real job. Like... If they want to stream in their free time, like what I'm doing, then fair enough. But, obviously, it's going to sound harsh, but if they want to be able to play the games, they need to earn the money to pay for the games, you know? Yes. Like, I don't mind buying a game here and a game there, you know? But, it's a grind for a reason, regardless whether you're streaming for viewers or... You're streaming for money or... Yeah, what? because there's many games. reasons, isn't there? It's a grind for a reason, and in that grind, you accumulate different games. Because you're not just invested in your setup, you're invested in games to play to get interaction and all of that. So if they want to be able to play the games, then they would need an income to fund that. And unfortunately, I'm not a millionaire, so I won't be like, yeah, I'll buy you a top-end PC. I'll buy all your games for you. I'll get you up on every single subscription. Like, if I have money, then I will be like, yeah, I'll get you the game, I'll get you the PC and whatnot. But ideally, I want them to try and fend for themselves. Yeah, or earn it. Yeah, so if they... For if they earn the money themselves and be like, look, Dad, any chance if I give you the money, you buy this game or 
you download this, install this game for me, and I'll give you the cash for it. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because the human race, at its core, are incentive-driven people. Yeah. So, if you have an incentive, you have an end goal or a reward that you're aiming for, then you are more likely to achieve that goal. This is part and parcel of why I asked you what your end goal was when it comes to streaming. And yeah, you said... followers. <laughs> yeah, aim high. Why not? You know, I'll tell you <coughs> what. If I had, like... Not to be modest, but if I just sat on about 3,000 followers with an average of 75, enough to make partner and stay there for the rest of my Twitch career, I would be happy. Yeah, you know, I'm not expecting thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people to be following and tuning in, you know. Yeah, but it would be nice. It's one of them where you have your expectation and your dream goal, shall we say? That's my dream goal to have three thousand followers and an average of seventy. You know. Yeah, but realistically i'm quite happy now if by summer i reach my 350 400 follow goal if i reach 500 that'd be amazing this time next year hopefully i can get to a thousand you know but like you said it is a grind for a reason and it's not just that oh how could i put it if you go on google right now and you just type in a visual representation of 500 people or a visual representation of, as you said, 3,000 people. What you'll see is for like 3,000 people, you'll get a picture of a big stage in like a theatre. I actually Googled it. <laughs> see? And you'll get a picture of like... A theatre full of people. And then take a look at all those people. So, yes, you're looking at other content creators and they're getting millions of views. And it's hard to... You think, yeah, that's a lot. But it's hard to sort of comp comprehend the amount. But then when you look at 3,000 people... That's or, a number in the bottom right of your screen. Yeah, as just a number, it, you can't really comprehend it. But when you see 3,000 people in a crowd, it really is a fucking crowd of people. Yeah. So when you're looking at, well, ultimately what I wanted to get to, I think I've mentioned it before, is I want to get to like 25K followers. That is my end goal. Anything past that is just going to be, like, mind-blowing. But I want to get to 25K, and that would be the amount of people akin to one of the smaller premiership team arena clubs. So I know, I'm pretty sure that Old Trafford, for example, the Manchester United football ground, or the Dream Factory, as it's known. I think that holds, I think, 45,000 people. Yeah, something like that. 
So, just going to that that like arena stage sort of thing, and looking around, it is huge. I'm wanting twenty five thousand people, but even in my head, I don't think I can comprehend just how many people that is. And then when you think they are all following me. They all like my content and want to see me doing what I'm passionate about. That's no small feat. Yeah. So when you're seeing people on millions and they're acting like they've got 1,000 viewers, it's because of that reason, because they can't comprehend the amount of people they've got following them at any given time. It's the people who don't care and think that they're owed something. That's the kind of person I don't want to be. But when I see the pride in my kids' faces of me doing something that I'm passionate about and doing something that I want, it makes it worthwhile. And I think, ultimately, that's what I want. I just want my kids to be proud of me. And I know that it's normally the other way around. You know, kids want begging for approval and the pride of their parents. But I think it goes both ways. Would you agree with that? Yeah, without a doubt. At the end of the day, you just you just want to make your kids proud. So they could turn around and go, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah. And it's not something you hear a lot. So ultimately, to sort of like finish off this section, if there would be like a couple of tips or bits of advice for any parents that are thinking of starting up streaming that you've learned on your growth from zero followers to now, what would it be? Just be yourself. If you don't mind your kids in the background shouting, go for it. If you want to stream during quiet time when you can relax, do it, you know. Streaming is good. It is healthy. It's not one of them where you'll get branded as someone who plays computer games. You know, there's a lot more to it than what people actually see. You know, you're creating content. At the end of the day, you're making something for people to enjoy. You're an entertainer, you know. So don't feel discouraged about streaming. You know, you've got movie actors, you've got singers. They will entertain people. Just That's in a same. different way, yeah, different medium. People like music, people like movies, people like video games. Stream a video game, you're an entertainer. You're entertaining the general public, showing them what you can do on a game. Now, a lot of it was YouTube videos back in the day, but now it's all live streaming, so people can physically watch you live doing amazing things, you know. So don't be discouraged by it. Don't feel like no one's going to support you because you will find people to support you. You will build an amazing community that will help you grow as an individual and as a community. Okay, and what would you say is some sort of pitfalls that you think people should avoid especially being a parent trying to stream 
don't chase it for financial gain. You chase it for that, you ain't going to get nowhere. If you're expecting to get paid out of it straight away, nah, it's, it's not going to happen unless you buy followers and boost your stats up that way to get a bigger outcome from it. Me, personally, I agree with that for what it's worth. I do 100% agree with that. But I would also say don't use, I'm trying to do this for us or excuses like that when you're streaming as an excuse to shun your responsibilities as a dad or a mum. That still comes first. We have a, a little rule within our stream and I think Nick has it as well where it's family first yep if you're going to stream and then something happens with your kids sorry no stream tonight that's how it should be that's how it's got to be your kids are your number one priority if everything's good with your kids like the leech has just said if you have that time put to one side. Your kids are now in bed. You've got a little bit of time to yourself. Stream. Do it. And yeah, don't do it for financial gain. Because for most people, until they start getting into the black, it's going to take at least four to five years before you start earning enough for you to be financially set, financially secure with your streams. And that's only if you're lucky. I've known people that will go six, seven and eight years down the line before they actually start getting decent money coming through from their streaming. And that's taken a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication. And like you said earlier, Nick, a lot of mental health issues along the way because it is disheartening when you you start streaming to like 10 plus people and then all of a sudden you have a stream and you're only seeing two people and it's like what am I doing wrong well you're not doing anything wrong you don't control other people's lives at the end of the day and they could be doing something or have something going on in their life which just means that for that one day, they were able to come. And, yeah, it just needs to be mentioned. So, if you're going to be one of those people that wants to start up streaming as a, maybe a career or just a hobby to begin with, then, yeah, financial gain shouldn't be your end goal and it shouldn't be at the cost of your family life, especially if you're a parent. It should always be as something you love to do. Because I think you you do love streaming, don't you? Yeah. It's just yeah. a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's For me, I'm going to be gaming regardless. That's every night I will be gaming when I've got time to myself. I don't watch TV. The most I watch is like Netflix or Amazon Prime. I do not watch TV. So, yeah, I will be streaming instead of just gaming on my own because I love to do it. I've done it all my life. 
and it's what I'm passionate about. Now, if you are a parent streamer, or if you are about to become a parent and you already stream, please let us know by emailing wertgf at gmail.com. That's wertgf at gmail.com. We would love to hear about anything that you can tell us about when it comes to being a parent and then we will let everybody know about it in the next episode but for now this is where we're going to end this part of the podcast and we are going to move on to some news yeah insert the news jingle here The Big News Section. Now, I've got quite a few news stories for you, pal. And I'm going to enjoy getting to know and, well, hear your feedback. There's quite a few news stories, to be fair. And then we're going to go over a few of the upcoming releases. And I'm going to get your personal view on what games are coming releasing soon that you're really looking forward to playing i think you already know what mine are yes i know yours gta 6 is the first news story it's now been confirmed that gta 6 is currently in development i think we all know that by now but Alika has suggested that there is going to be a 2024 release. So, even though it's in production right now, it's a long way off. And they are also saying that there is going to be an announcement the end of this year. So, 2022, around November, December, is going to be when we see an announcement for GTA 6. I don't know if that's going to be too soon. I don't think it's a GTA 6 announcement, though. Well, that's what the leak has said. And, of course, because it's a leak, you've got to take it with a grain of salt. But it has been confirmed by Rockstar that they are definitely releasing a GTA 6 that is currently already in production and has been in production for quite some time. See, I feel... I don't know if you've been seeing it through social media, but I believe I saw something about a GTA subscription. Yes, I was GTA about to cover Plus that. Or something. Okay. Yeah, it's Carry called, on then. Carry on. It's called <laughs> GTA Plus, and for all intents and purposes, it's going to be set out in the same way that you would get a, say, a plunder pass on Sea of Thieves or a battle pass on. Warzone or Apex it's going to be set out kind of the same however instead of being a season by season thing it's going to be a month by month thing so for I think it's $7.99 so for eight bucks or the equivalent to around six quid in the UK you are going to get a 500,000 currency you're going to get cosmetics for your characters you're going to get your choice of new cars and things like that what do you think because it's the this is the like the first time we've heard of a a proper subscription service to an online game and it's a bit late as well in the life cycle of gta 5 i think this is a 
why are they only releasing it now? I think, honestly, because people ain't buying as much GTA coins anymore. Could be. Because um, you think GTA's been going around for about 10 years now. Oh, it was released in 2014, I believe. So, yeah, about eight years GTA yeah. 5 has been around. And since its release, they've introduced the multiplayer and they've got all the heists and whatnot. But a lot of it is the shark cards. Yeah. And I think where people can go online now and buy discounted versions of it they're not making their full potential profit so I think by issuing say a season pass where only they where you can buy it through them yeah yeah it's only seven ninety nine, but that's every month not every season so that's every four weeks so they're getting 13 payments a year out of you for about eight bucks yeah that's less than $130 per person with around, let's say, 50 million players. Yeah, there is in the region of about 50 million players now, but I think concurrently uh, there are in the region of around 2.5 million that still play it to this day. So 2.5 million times $130. That's a lot of money. Two hundred and fifty million a year they would make. Whereas buying shark cards and all of that, where you only buy a certain amount, it is not profitable when they can do a subscription service. So I think a lot of it is just to make profit, you know. Maybe offset the costs of making GTA six. Exactly. So basically, they're already made that because they're a multi-billion dollar company now. Because let's be real, they've been talking about GTA 6 since about year 5 of GTA 5. Yeah. So for the past three years, there's talk to GTA 6. Yeah, all they said is that we will be making another one. When? We can't exactly. say. <laughs> so they, they've been planning it for quite a while. As soon as the game releases, they're already thinking of the next project and how they can storyboard it and get the visuals going on it. So a lot of it is just mechanic-wise now. But this this is the thing. This this is what gaming has come to. Since yeah. all the kids started using their mum's and dad's credit cards and buying stupid amounts of coins, there's now subscription services inside the games. So you pay full whack for the game and then you pay the subscription each month. And that's how they're going to get their money. Well, yeah, you see, this is something that I don't think a lot of the younger generation seem to realise. Because I see, I see it myself a lot of people saying, you need to stop doing this and do this. And I'm thinking, it's a company. And within the company, they have different departments. Yeah. And different departments do different things. For example, they'll have one for maintenance alone. Just maintenance. They don't do anything with the code. They don't alter the game in any way. They maintain everything from the PCs to the servers. Everything. And then you've got a completely separate di division or department within the business 
that will work on nothing but new content. So they will be working on all the DLC, the cosmetics that you can buy or anything like that. Then you'll have another department that works on nothing but a story. And the whole storyboard and the art for the said assets. Then you will have another one which will just work on nothing but putting all them assets together and creating what other people are giving you the storyboard for. And that's from everything from the way things look to the way things act to the way the acts within interact with each other. Then you've got the programmers on top of that. See, there's so many different departments within one company and everyone of the younger generation just tend to think, oh, it's just a business, it just churns out games. It doesn't work like that. And that's where people tend to get very, very convoluted when it comes to their thoughts and opinions on it. So you can turn around and say, well, they should be diverting more assets to, or more resources to this department. But again, there's only like, say, 30 people in that department. They're all working on individual projects that they have to work on. They're all working to a deadline and now you're wanting to take some of them off that project to concentrate and move to a completely di different department that they have no fucking knowledge of to try and do what you think they should change. And it just... Games are not made in that way. This is why we had Fraz on not long ago to sort of give people an insight to what it's like behind the curtain, as it were. Well, on to the next news story. This is one that I am very, very interested in. Supermassive. They are the developers that were behind the uh, After Dark anthology and... Uh, the Dark Pictures anthology, sorry. And the Until, Until Dawn game. They are currently making a new game which is going to be released in June this year called The Quarry. And apparently it's supposed to be a spiritual successor to Until Dawn. Now I played through Until Dawn a lot. And yeah, I loved that game. I think it had a great feel. It was acted really well. It looked gorgeous. And the story was really engrossing. And the fact that you could play over and over again and get a completely different outcome was just... It was brilliant. So what do we think to a new game coming out? Well, you know me. I do love a new game. <laughs> well, mate, I don't um, know if you agree, but I'm thinking... Do you remember the Tales game? They did, like, everything from... Tales of Gotham City to Tales of the Borderlands. Oh, the Telltale series. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, Supermassive could be doing exactly the same. They've they've sort of carved out their own genre of game here. Yeah. Which is not like 
any other game. I think the the one that close comes closest is Beyond. Not Beyond, sorry. Uh, the one with the robots. Oh, wow. Um. Where you play as the cyborg robots and you've got to pick and choose which path they take. And oh, I can't think of it. You know which one I mean, though? Yeah, I can't think... Oh, no. Yeah, I think that's the only one that comes close when it comes to these types of games where each decision you make will impact the story arc on where it goes after that because there's a lot of people there's a lot of games especially rpgs do it where they'll give you an option of should you say this or should you say this and then you will pick something and all you'll get is a bit of dialogue that would normally have been a different way if you pick the other option but it doesn't really affect the storyline the storyline will still continue along the same arc well supermassive have done a, mass, a really brilliant job of actually making games where the storyline can fork in several directions taking you to different areas in the map or the storyline and can completely alter the ending and each game has in the region of around like 13 or 14 different endings and I think that's amazing, if I'm honest. Yeah. So, would that be a game that you would try for yourself? I'd have to check the trailer out. Well, the next... It's coming out in June. So, yeah, the trailer's out now. Go and check it out. It's only a teaser trailer at the moment. But, yeah, it's well worth having a look. Now... GT7, you know how much I like my racers. In fact, I have just done a Grid Legends review over on my YouTube channel. If you want to go and check that out, people, you can do that right now. I will be doing a follow-up video in the next day or two of the online multiplayer component of the same game. But GT7 has been on everyone's lips over these past couple of weeks. And that is because, in no small part, it's had its issues. There have been a lot of people complaining that the game is way too difficult. And I'm, I'm not even going to really entertain that idea because I was back... I was there when Gran Turismo first released and it was always been a fucking hard game to do. Just doing the licenses have always been difficult. Then you've got the endurance races as well. So get a fucking grip. If you like the game, play it. You'll get better and you'll learn how to play. But one thing that I do agree with everyone giving the game hate on is the fact that it's an online-only game. Ooh. And because it's an online-only game, it went down for over 24 hours and no one could play it. Not even the one-player component of it. Nobody could play the game. And that was literally days after launch and it went down for 24 hours. On top of that, 
there have been a barrage of hate because of the microtransactions within the game. And they've made the economy system really fucking difficult to sort of promote you to buy more microtransactions. The last time we saw that was Battlefront 2 and we all know how that ended up. It's got a, like a cult following Battlefront 2 now. But yeah, really. Yeah, but there's there's still a lot of people who won't go near it now because they've got that sour taste in their mouth. So what yeah. do you think is is this going to mark the beginning of the end for Gran Turismo or do you think they've still got chance to rectify it? I think cuz it's a household name it is still have a decent support there but all I'm gonna say is not everybody can afford internet I know everybody has internet on their phones and whatnot but not many people can afford it in their homes so yeah. to game it's gonna be hard because I made that mistake I bought um, the crew for the missus before I had internet and then I realized it's online only yeah online only and then you like Luckily, I bought that for cheap in CEX. But if I just spent forty, fifty pounds on a game to find out that it's internet only, you're gonna be really ticked off. Yeah, because and, trying to get a refund on a game is a whole different matter. Yeah, and I feel like that's diverting your playership from it as well. Yeah, let's be. Let's be real, everybody does play online. But a lot of people do like to play offline. Yeah, you know? it's so, the one main reason we still see one-player games out there right now. And this is why they're making comebacks. Yeah. But a lot of people don't always want to play online multiplayer. So I feel like they are shooting themselves in the foot a little. But they will make a decent return on it, regardless of how it goes well i can confirm that polyphony the developers behind the games have actually said they are aware of it they are listening and they are working on making some changes that's what they said in one of their twitter posts so yeah it looks like it is being looked at and i just think it, it might have been more of a misstep than an intentional fuck up yeah. I think they just thought, well, if we make the economy system a bit harder, maybe we can promote more people to buy the microtransactions, not realising that you've made it too difficult now with the economy system, too difficult to buy, uh, to win credits with the races and get the cars that you need. And now you're having to replay multiple races over and over again just to get enough money to buy the car that you need to do the next set of races and then rinse and repeat. Right, which I think is the main problem that people are having. They shouldn't have to keep rebuying, like replaying the same races over and over again to get yeah. enough credits. Because it, one, it's repetitive, and two, people get fed up and then they'll dislike the game even more. And then you've lost another player times that by a thousand you've lost half your viewership yeah and to be fair from what i believe the actual racing mechanics and everything on it it is about as close to a simulation game as you can possibly get 
it's difficult because the cars handle like real cars. You can't just kick it out and slide it around the corner in a fucking hypercar. It won't work. It'll just spin instantly. If you put too much power down coming out of a corner, it will spin. Just like it would in a real car. So I think that's where people are getting a little bit frustrated. They're expecting to play it like an arcade racer and it's just not. It never has been. But they're expecting it to play one way and it doesn't. It plays another. Anyway, the next news story is one that I'm actually really looking forward to. I've seen the gameplay trailer and everything. They did a full breakdown of it and it looks amazing. At the most recent PlayStation State of Play, they had a dedicated event to one game and one game alone and that was Hogwarts Legacy now I don't know if there's any people out there that are fans of Harry Potter or anything like that but you can create your own wizard it's a prequel to when Harry started there and you can take lessons it's open world as well so you can actually go on an exploring mission and you can develop your spells you can learn more and you be can become a wizard harry wingardium leviosa yes <laughs> so you could do all of that mate and <coughs> the combat and everything like that looks really fucking good and really well thought out they have spent a long time on this game you could just looking at it you can just tell there has been a lot of thought put into this game. So what do you think? Are you going to be trying it? Or are you going to look into it? I have been looking into it. It looks I've, really I've, good, I've, doesn't it? I've been watching it for a while, and the graphics look pretty slick. I'm not going to lie. And the way that they've put the concept together is like, wow. Because you've got to remember, the last time a Harry Potter game was made was either Lego Harry Potter... Or back on PlayStation 1 where they started to do the Harry Potter games? I think it was the Philosopher's Stone. I think yeah. that was the very first one that they made. And it just... It wasn't great. It wasn't bad, but For it wasn't great. the game at great. that time... At that moment in time, that game was great. The older it gets, the worse it looks. But it's still nostalgia value. Exactly. It hasn't aged very well, has it? Yeah. But for them to bring out an open world wizarding experience for Harry Potter nuts, wizarding wannabes and whatnot, um, it does look pretty amazing. Because it'll be basically like playing Skyrim or an open world RPG. You know? So yeah. I, I am pretty stoked to see how well that does and yeah like any I think game, it's going to be quite good actually like any game it's going to have hiccups to start with but you know that's what happens I think it, it could be like an iconic game I think it from the look of it right now I think it could end up being one of the greatest games of this new generation yeah without a doubt because 
it's just it's really ambitious and they put so much thought and so much effort into it and there is still to this day you know with all these rumors of the new harry potter film coming out of harry potter and all the same actors and actresses doing a new film which is going to be harry Cash potter card. as a fucking parent yeah and having to go back into that world again there's a lot of rumors about that so i think this is coming coming at the right time because there are a lot of harry potter fans out there right now that are scrambling for more harry potter like content and this is the thing because fantastic like, beasts has just not really hit the mark for them same fans has it so this is like the next big thing i think this is the thing fantastic beasts is primarily about dumbledore yeah um it is primarily about dumbledore and where he where he's from like his backstory before he is the Dumbledore we know, you know. Yeah, why he was um, seen as such a fucking a big deal in the Harry Potter films. Yeah, but I feel like the Fantastic Beast series is good. Like it is. The, if the it was a standalone one, film, people would have loved it. The first one was amazing. Yeah, but they they did overkill it by making it more about about Dumbledore. Than anything else, like yeah. they made it about the main protagonist, um, Alexander Newt or whatever his name is. Yeah. Then that would be like amazing to find out his story and how he's involved with Hogwarts. Precisely. Know? But they did bring Dumbledore in, and it is good to see the Dumbledore story. But when you watch the last couple of movies you kind of see Dumbledore for something different. Yeah. No spoilers, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah. Well, I think the overwhelming majority of people are looking forward to it, myself included. I, I'm going to keep a close eye on that one. Now then, one which is, well, is op open to discussion, but it looks like DICE have already started working on the new Battlefield. Oh, God. Yeah, after the debacle, oh. there was so much hype behind 2042. It really Even was. me, I was really looking forward to it. And it's even being offered for free on EA Play now. Because it... Yeah, it's not been out a year and it's already being offered for free on EA Play. That's how bad the game has been. And even though they have fixed a lot of the issues that were plaguing the game, there is still now the lowest amount of concurrent players that are playing it. So even when you go on now, you will be better off finding more servers on games like Battlefield 4 and Battlefield 1 than you would on both Battlefield 5 and Battlefield 2042 combined. Proving that the last two games that they have done 
And I've got to give Dice credit for trying something new. Trying to do things differently. But Battlefield 5, they went in one direction that people just did not like, myself included. And then with Battlefield 2042, we thought, hey, they're going back to the way it used to be. This is going to be amazing. And then when we got the game, it was, it was just a buggy horrible mess and it just looked unfinished completely unfinished like it wasn't even halfway through the lifespan of making the game they didn't even have a fucking scoreboard so you couldn't even tell how many kills you got or anything like that unless you kept count and now they're saying we have learnt our lessons from 2042 and we are working on the new one. So what do you think? Do you think it's going to be too little too late now after running off the back of two really bad games? Do you think they can still rescue it? Or is, have they lost their fan base now? I think there's going to be little faith in them. Only because there was so much build-up for Battle tw Battlefield 2042. Like, they produced an amazing game trailer. and Yeah. They used it really was from in-game footage to involve in that trailer and made it more personal touch to it. And then as soon as it's played, it's like, wow. Yeah, this just isn't the same thing. No. So I feel like they have lost a lot of potential from it. But it's the gaming industry, you know? As long as they promote it right and ensure not to make the mistakes that they've made before then i reckon they can be on to a winner you know because let's be real call of duty battlefield they're the only modern realistic first person shooters out there yeah the triple a shooters yeah they and rainbow six right they're the three main in time gun games to play yeah so there's not a lot of competition there. But they need to try and outsell. And this is where it's going to affect them because they need an amazing product. Especially with um, Activision releasing a game every other year now. Yeah. Where they're going to spend more time on their content as well. It's going to be a lot harder because, let's be real, it took them at least six years for 2042 to come out. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, so it took them six years to produce a game and there was no beneficial beneficial um, involvement. Yeah, I don't... I, I think that's bullshit, though. I think they say that it took six years, but to me, that looked like they started it, they started making it, and then... They announced it, and they thought, oh, fuck, now we've announced it, we better crack on and, like, divert more resources to getting this game complete. And when they did, they thought, we are so far behind. And then it was like a rush job to try and just get something out there. Instead of delaying like, it, which is what they should have done. I feel like that with the processors, when they had the original idea, weren't the spec that they were planning on building for. Yeah, exactly. 
you think now PC gaming is becoming much more of a thing and the graphics cards are getting better and the consoles are getting better as well because you think you've got the Series X and the PS5. Yeah. They're able to handle more frames and processing power. So and with the to... ray tracing thrown in as well. so Exactly. So they, they had to wait for the right time to be like, right, let's make the game. But then, like you said, they finished the race too early and it was a blunder. Exactly. Now, I know a lot of people hate when games are getting delayed. I don't mind it. Yes, it's disappointing. And I mean, even Dead Space has just been delayed. It was supposed to be out at the end of this year. Now they're saying it's going to be out at the end of next year. But that just shows me that they, uh, they've made a, a blunder when it comes to how quickly they thought they could do the game. That's fine. That's just a simple mistake. Because that means that the, when they say, right, we're going to do, for example, what we've just found out on Dead Space. We're going to do the sound. We're going to work on the sound. We don't want the sound just to be the same as it always was. We want it to be properly dynamic. So we're going to concentrate on that. And we're going to leave ourselves uh, three months to do it. And then two months into that three months and they're thinking fuck this is going to take a lot longer than we first thought it was going to take that is a simple mistake to make especially with the technology of what we've got now so for them to turn around and say yeah we're going to delay it it's fine do it because at the end of the day if you delay it there is much more chance that that game is going to be amazing when it drops if you don't is... delay it and you put it out, it's going to be a buggy mess. They know it's going to be a buggy mess, but they still put it out anyway. And that is just an insult to all the gamers out there that have been but, looking forward to it. But this is a thing, though, because so many games have been postponed and people have waited longer for them. <clears throat> and then when they are released, they're still not finished, but they're rolling it out anyway. It gives you less hope for the postponement of it. Because you think Cyberpunk, Battlefield, yeah. Call of Duty, you know, all the top games that were meant to be, like, very good, they've postponed, then they've released it, and it's been, uh crap. And it's like, well, you said it was meant to be out in October 2020. It's now November 2021. We've waited a year, but the game's still not finished but now you're expecting us to pay to play a game that's really buggy yeah like if you're going to postpone it postpone it till the game is fully complete i know you have a target in mind of when you need the game to roll out so you can fund it fair enough but people ain't gonna buy it if 10 people have already got it and reviewed it and said this game is completely bugged don't buy it because then it's just going to be another battlefield 2042 yeah and another cyberpunk and literally all the reviews are going to be so bad that no one will actually buy the game and it's just giving the companies a bad name because they're postponing it to then finally release it and it's not the best quality that they can perform i understand you have these visions and all that and you need a lot of people working on it and i totally understand that but if you're going to release a game you have to make sure it's 100% what you wanted it to be. 
I think they should do uh, reclassify a release date. And what I mean by that is they should reclassify it as an unconfirmed release date and a confirmed release date. So the difference being an unconfirmed release date is them turning around and saying, we want to release in December 2022. And you go, okay. And they can turn around and say, but this is unconfirmed. That's what we're aiming for, but it's unconfirmed. Yeah. And then when they are happy with the progress they're making, they could say, no, we have given you a confirmed release date. It's going to be December 2022. That is when it's coming out. That is when you can expect it. No fucking, no ifs or buts or maybes. That is when you're going to get the game. And I think that's the distinction that should be made between yeah. the two. Because that way, you can get a game delayed and you go, ah, oh, well, it was unconfirmed. No, I understand they like to bring games out at certain times before Christmas and yeah. all that. Fair enough, you want to hit peak traffic time when people are going to buy computer games. But at the same time, you're doing more damage to your company by releasing it with an unfinished product. Precisely. You know? Speaking of new products, the when coming back to CD Projekt Red, there will be a new story coming up just after this one. But we have now got a confirmation from Sony that the new PS Plus system is going ahead as scheduled, and it is as follows. The base subscription is going to be exactly the same as what it is now. It's not going to change. It's going to be the same price and everything you are going to get two well they say it's free games but it's not you still got to pay a subscription you'll get two games gratis every single month that you can download and keep as long as your ps plus subscription is active you can play it whenever you want at no extra cost if you get the ps plus deluxe you will also get to have a basically 700 plus games as they as they put which means they have just basically got ps now and ps plus and merged them together and that'll be for an extra i think it's three quid per month uh, around 89.99 for the year if you wanted to get a yearly subscription and then you've got ps plus premium which is exactly the same as the first two except you will get an extra two to three hundred games from the PS3 that you can stream as much as you want for free and no extra cost. And that is going to be £99.99 pence per year. Oh, PlayStation, what are you going to revolve? Yeah, I... There's a lot of people, there's a lot of fanboys of PlayStation saying, oh, this is going to be the Xbox Game Pass killer. No. No, because Game Pass is not. You play on the computer. You cannot take... play PlayStation games on the PC. Exactly. And take this from somebody who's got a PlayStation, who plays the Xbox and on PC. We know in this household we have got all three. So please do not try and take this as me just hating on any particular platform. I'm not. 
there is not going to be any day one releases on PlayStation Plus because it doesn't fit in with their model, apparently. And there is always going to be more games on PlayStation Plus than there are on the Xbox Game Pass. That is true. However, most of them games are games that just didn't sell well. Or it's games that most people have already played, downloaded and completed and it's a one and done. So, even though I understand why people are saying this is going to be the Game Pass killer, it's not. There is still way more games that are played daily on the Game Pass than there are within Play PlayStation Now or the PlayStation Plus service. Most people on PlayStation will buy games outright from the store that are normally on sale. One of the biggest features is the PlayStation Plus discounts that you get. If you've got PlayStation Plus, you can get discounts on certain games. But even then, them discounts are not that great. You get an extra 10% off or something like that. Which is, is alright. But on a 60 quid game, you're still getting only 60, uh, 6 quid off. It's I know it sounds like a lot when you say 10%. But it's really not. So even though I understand where people are coming from. No. I think they need to do a lot more. <clears throat> For example. To get the premium version up from the deluxe version. And all you get for that. Is a back catalogue of PS3 games that you can stream. You can't even download them. You can only stream them. And people don't tend to have internet fast enough. To stream in quite a lot of households. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's a good step in the right direction. So I don't want to hate on it too much. But I think it's not as great as people are making out it's going to be. However, I've got to withhold most of my judgment for the day that it's actually released. But I don't see me getting anything higher than the standard version of PS Plus. I just don't see the point. What do you reckon? It's not. It really isn't. Because there's one thing saying we're bringing out a subscription service. And there's another saying, oh yeah, it's going to be better than Game Pass. The only way it's going to be better by in Game Pass is if you make it PC. Yeah. And have more variety of games to play on the PC via PlayStation. Yeah, precisely. Now, it, there's a small minority of people that are going to absolutely love it because they've not had the chance to play PlayStation now with the the fact of it being like seven ninety nine per month or oh no it's eight ninety nine now isn't it eight ninety nine per month and then it's a further eight ninety nine per month on top for PlayStation now and instead you can get that for a cheap price which is good and you've also got to put into perspective that regardless if you're paying for the smallest pack you're still getting 
around 24 games per month as a standard version on PS Plus. You're still getting 24 games to play for the price of one game. If you was to buy one game brand new on a PlayStation 4, for example, you're spending uh, 59.99. That's 60 quid. You can spend 59.99 on a yearly subscription to the standard PS Plus, and you will get 24 games. The only problem is you don't get to choose what them 24 games are. And this is what makes the Game Pass or PlayStation Pass good. It's the games that they put on there. Yeah. They always have about three to five good games. And then the rest are games you don't play. But if you're hardcore gamers like us, nine times out of ten when they give you them good games, you've already played them. You've exactly. already completed them. So it's just like, yeah, I can't be asked for re-downloading that, taking up space on my hard drive just to play it again. And this is it. You've already spent the money on that game, and now you're getting it for free on Game Pass, which you're paying monthly. Exactly. And plus, you've also got to think that on PlayStation, they update every month. Whereas on Xbox, or the Xbox Game Pass on PC, they update it every week. So there's new games to play every single week. And that can't, that ain't just no small thing. Anyway, on with the next story. And I said that we were going back to CD Projekt Red. That's because a new teaser has just dropped where they have confirmed there is a new Witcher game being made. Now, at the end of the last Witcher game, Geralt, uh, Geralt's basic storyline was done and dusted so now everybody is saying well if there's a new witcher game coming who's going to be the protagonist and there's a lot of people saying wouldn't it be great if you could create your own witcher and then there's a lot of others saying siri would be a very good protagonist to control in the next game but it will be definitely coming out in the next couple of years what do you think was you a big fan of The Witcher? Never played it. I liked the game. I really did enjoy it, but I didn't enjoy it to the extent that other people did. Yeah. So when it came to me playing it, there was there would always be something for me that I would rather play. So even though it was a great game and... Yeah, I really enjoyed playing it. It was just one of those where I'd play something rather than that. But I really enjoyed the series on Netflix. And with it being a new game brought up to today's standards, it really does interest me and I'm all for it. I'm willing to, because I like the franchise, I'm willing to give it another go. Would you do you think this do you think this is gonna be the one that will get you to play it then? Most probably, yeah. Mm. Um Sorry. Um it depends because like you said, if they do a create your own protagonist, then 
I feel like that's not really what the witch is about. No, it's not. Because it's about the characters, isn't it? Exactly. If you build your own protagonist, then it's basically playing Far Cry. Every Far Cry, you have a new protagonist, and it's always someone different. Or you play Skyrim or Fallout. You know, you're creating your own character. Yeah. Yes, they have a set story, but it's not someone that's been involved in the previous storylines. Yeah, it's a new character. So you you have to basically, it's like starting the series all over again. So I reckon if they do it, they should continue it from the last one. So, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. It might end up being a little bit convoluted in comparison to the previous entries in the franchise. Yeah. And there'll be that obvious disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah, I actually agree with you on that. And I think it was set up perfectly at the end of the game, the last game, for Siri to take over. She's, like, one of the most powerful... I can't really... She's like one of the most powerful witches kind of characters that you could ever imagine. So, yeah. I think that would be a good shout if you get to play as Siri and use all her abilities. That would be a much better storyline keeping in keeping in the same vein as the Witcher. Because she's always been heavily con connected with the witches, so you could still class it as a witcher game. As long as yeah. she still had that connection within the storyline. Now, the final of all the new stories. PlayStation has just made a new acquisition. They have just bought a brand new developer called Haven. Now, the reason that this is important is because Haven is not a well-known developer. It's only been going for about a year. They are pretty new when it comes to game development. However, they have been bought up by Sony and they have now been contracted with Sony to build a brand new, and I quote, triple A multiplayer game. So they've been kind of thrown in at the deep end, but at the same time, it's a completely new developer, so they've got everything going for them. So in that vein, what would you like to see when it comes to a AAA multiplayer game? What kind of game do you hope that they're doing? Hopefully a survival game. <laughs> like I didn't already know you was going to say that. I I'm I've got high hopes for them. With Sony backing them, I think they could end up making a really really good game. And we know it's not going to be a one player because it, they've said it's a triple A multiplayer. But what? But what kind of multiplayer or anything? That remains to be seen. Now. We've come to the very last section, the upcoming releases, or at least the releases that I am looking forward to, and the releases that Nick's looking forward to. 
First off, we're going to go with the PC releases coming in April. Uh, there's one being released on April 1st called Terrabane. There is one that I'm pretty sure our good friend Nick is going to be happy about. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, is being released on April the 5th. Oi, oi. Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition, which is an old game being redone, is going to be released on April 7th. We've got Godfall Ultimate Edition, which is a game that I could never really get on with, being released on April 7th. And then the Serpent Rogue being released on April 26th. On top of that, we have also got Xbox games coming out. The Skywalker Saga is going to be released on April 5th on the Xbox. We've got LMB The Show 22 coming on April 5th. Radical Dreams Edition of Chrono Cross is going to be released again on Xbox on April 7th as well. Godfall has got a simultaneous re release on April 7th. A new one guy development team has released a new old looking retro style racer called Slipstream. Oh, yeah. And it looks like Super Hang On with cars. It's weird, but it, yeah, I, I kind of like the look of it. Then there's on the 12th of April, we got 13 Sentinels. We got Roads 96 on April 14th, Tormented Souls on April 14th. And the Serpent Rogue, another simultaneous release on April 26th. Now, finally, we are going to go with the PlayStation releases for April. Again, Skywalker Saga and on April 5th. We got the LMB, the show, on April 5th. We got Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition, on April 7th. Slipstream, again, is on PS4 and 5 on April 7th. Road 96, April 14th. And the Serpent Rogue, again, on April 26th. So that is what's coming out very, very soon. As for this week, what you can expect is Crusaders Kings... Well, the third one in the franchise is going to be released today. And WRC, I, that's a franchise that I thought had died a long time ago. But apparently, no, they're rebooting the WRC franchise. So if you want to get some rally racing in, you can do that. And that's going to be coming on the Switch. You've got Aerial Knights Never Yield. That's coming up on iOS and Android. You've got Death Stranding Director's Cut on PC being released tomorrow. And you've got one that I'm really looking forward to. Moss Book 2 on the PS PSVR being released on Friday. Yeah, I really enjoyed Moss. So I'm kind of interested with that one. To see what they've done differently for this new iteration. And finally, Weird West is being released on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One and PC on Friday. So what do you think? That's a pretty good lineup, isn't it, for this month coming? Oh yeah, there's quite a bit. But now there's one last question that I want to ask you, mate. 
coming up in the however long it takes what is your one most hyped game that you're looking forward to derelicts derelicts that's the uh, the new survival game coming in it it's not been announced when it's being released and the one man creator of it has been streaming it on youtube on making the game and it's like really starting to grind me because i want to play it <laughs> it's definitely your type of game then it is it's it's like icarus it's like icarus but it's a hell of a lot better mate to be honest when you sent me that trailer for it and i was looking at it i was thinking this looks like it's got a production team of around 10 15 people at least but the fact that it's been made by one person, that just blows my mind. Because everything from all the assets that have been used, all the textures that are being used, he's had to do himself. And that is no easy feat. Each one of them assets can take a long fucking time just to do one asset. And he's managed to create himself his own game world. I think he's got a bright future in game development after this. Put it that way. Oh, yeah. Now, you already know what mine's going to be. Oh, yeah. In the long term, it's going to be Dead Space, of course. But in the short term, coming up in June, I think June 14th, I believe, the day before. The more I look into it, mate, the more I want to play it. It just looks amazing. The gameplay for it. It's its my kind of game. The reason that I like Sea of Thieves so much is because you've got them moments of just traveling from point A to point B and just like ingesting this magically beautiful world. And then intermittently you've got just high octane intense action where you don't get a minute to think and you've just you've got to be on point and i love games like that well this seems to be another one from all of the pre-alpha builds that i've seen being played by various youtubers to the trailers to all the gameplay walkthroughs that the developers have done stuff like that every single thing that every aspect of the game that i've seen it walks that line where there are other times where you just have to run and shoot and try and survive and building as many like bits of ammo and weapons and stuff like that that you possibly can while you've got the pvp side and the pve side then there's other times where it's very slow, methodical, and you've got to properly survey your surroundings and stuff like that. That, to me, is right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> and there's already been a few people within our Discord. Links in the description, by the way, people. I have already had a few people... Uh, for example, Mystic, he said it's a tactical shooter, in his opinion with survival RPG elements and he is all for it. He's going to be getting it 
very early on as well. So that's the one that I'm really looking forward to sinking my teeth into. I think I am going to be ending up spending a long time on that game. Will it take me away from my other games? I don't possibly. know. Yeah, possibly. I don't know at the moment, but judging off what I've seen so far, yeah, it quite possibly could do. And that's it, my friends. That is the end of the podcast. I want to give a big thank you to the one and only Thither Leech. Nick, thank and you. I would like to give a big thank you to the one and only GameStar for having me on this amazing episode. Well, thank when you. it comes to doing a parent streamer episode, you were the first person that jumped into my head. You've got three kids yourself. Too many. You have you <laughs> you have to balance the whole work life with your home life and your streaming life and it's just not easy as a, as we've said earlier it's a balancing act and i think you're doing it remarkably well i know it doesn't seem like that but you need to pat yourself on the back because you i think you're doing amazing likewise you good sir you so, never cease to amaze me. Thank you for everything, mate. Thank you for being part of TGF. Thank you for just being you. Thank you, Pixie, for creating TGF. Well, we did it for a reason. And, yeah, we, uh, we live by that reason now. We want people to join together rather than be segregated. Obviously, people are always going to be put into groups. Well, we don't care about them groups. We only care about gaming and coming together because of that mutual love of gaming. So, my friends, now we are going to do one last thing, and that is give a shout-out. Now, I want to give a big shout-out to two people. One is the one and only magic man himself, Taylor. Taylor, you never cease to amaze me. You have turned up to every single stream that I have done since I've met you. Like every single time, even if it's just been for five minutes, you have turned up to every single one of my streams. And I appreciate you more than you could ever imagine. I am really happy as well that you have now finally started to get some good luck and you are really happy recently. And that just gives me such a warm glow in my heart. So thank you so much for all your support. And yeah, what goes around comes around. I'm loving the fact that you're getting the support in return. And secondly, I want to give a big shout out to Super, Super Micron. Because, again, he has been another regular in my streams. And he's just a really nice guy. And I feel privileged to know him. And even though he has had a few occasions where the language barrier has got in the way, he's never dulled his positivity and just his sense of humour. And I love it. So, super... Thank you, mate. Now, what about you, Nick? Who do you want to give a shout-out to? 
Right, so I am gonna give a shout out to the Wonderland community. Now, you've never heard of them before, but you know. I'm guessing it's something to do with Rust. No. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you know Vega. I do. That absolute legends has an amazing community called Wonderlands. And right. they stream on Ark Survival Evolved. Ah, right. And okay. they have about nine servers going on. All right, oh, you will have to send me the link of one of the servers, or the main server, and I will get that linked in the description. Yes. Um, so, Vega popped into my stream... Um, I think a couple of months ago, then after a while we we started talking, and he was telling me about the Wonderland service that he's got, and um, basically he's been trying to get me on it. And I realised I had Ark installed on my Xbox the other day, and I joined the Wonderland server, <clears throat> and I just recently joined their Discord server, and I am amazed at the community. That him and I need to get the name right because I always butcher it. We call her Dreamer. Right. Um, so Vega and Dreamer have the most amazing Discord community and ARC servers. Like, the past month, Vega has literally bombarded my Twitch link all over Wonderland. And I've met some amazing people from the Wonderland community because of Vega and Dreamer. That's so, awesome. So I want to say a massive thank you to the Wonderland crew. And yes, I'll be sending your links over to Gamestar. And I've got another shout out, if you don't mind. No, go for it. So I'm going to shout out your wifey because... <laughs> I haven't done the stream yet, but I will be doing the stream very, very soon. And the reason why I'm doing a specific stream is because Pixie, over the past year, we have adopted each other. Yep. I think that's fair to say. And and Gamester as well, because let's be real, we are the gaming family, but for the past year, they have become real family. Aww. And Pixie <laughs> has, over the months, been as crazy as ever. And at first it was her telling me her hobby, and then she found out about my Assassin's Creed. I think um, that was the first thing when you both obsession. found that mutual love for Assassin's Creed. You're like, oh, you love Assassin's Creed. I yeah. love Assassin's Creed. We should be friends. <laughs> and she has taken so much time out of her days over the past year. And she's done me a diamond painting. Yes, we mentioned it in the stream earlier. She has done me a diamond painting. And I cannot wait to show it off on stream. So, Pixie, you absolute legend. Love you, you so much, sis. I saw it being done as well. 
I was sat right next to her while she was doing it, and it was, yeah, quite... He's currently sat next an, to me in the tube. So it was quite an event to watch that, like, being done bit by bit. Diamond fucking... Well, it's not an actual diamond, for those who don't know. It's a little plastic thing that shines like a diamond. Pardon me, that shines like a diamond. And, yeah, watching the amount of effort she put into that and throughout all of it going well he's worth it 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 never even yeah mate it never even no doubt in her mind at all at any point she was just like for everything he does for the tgf he deserves it and when i facetimed her as well when it came i was like i need to I need to video call you, I've got something important to say. And she's like, oh no, do I need to be worried? Do I need to be worried? And I sat there on the sofa and I was like, was this? Yeah, it's it says it all. She's Mate. put so much time and effort into the TGF and she's put so much time and effort into everything she does. I just Mate, to... Pixie doesn't video call. I don't video call half the time. Yeah, I'm a bro, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you have to be up on a pedestal for her to ever video call you. Yeah, man, I'm special. I think the only other person that she video calls is me and her dad. That's it. Them are the only people she video calls. Oh no, and her bitch. Yeah, and that's who I want to come to now. I want to give a shout out to Widow. I can do that. Because I don't... I very, very rarely jump in her streams because of the time zone and working and whatnot. So it's very hard to share the love. But Widow, you absolute legend. Much love, sis. You are amazing. Stay awesome. We are here for you, you absolute legend. Now, of course, because it's been so long since I put up a episode of this podcast, it's been a while, and that means there's been no people sending in questions or anything like that. So, if you want to get a question featured in next epi- in the next episode, then by all means, you can get in contact with us by emailing wearetgf at gmail.com or you can just follow the link in the description and that will let you send an audio link in and that audio link will be played live on stream next week so if you want to do that feel free to do so if you want to jump into the discord again the links are in the description down below along with my twitch and with Fiddleach's Twitch as well. We would love it if you could come and check us out. See what you think. If you don't like our content, then that is fine. We hope you find someone you truly enjoy watching. If you do, then why not give us a follow so every single time we go live, you will be notified of us doing so. Nick, thank you so much, and I am going to bid you all a fond farewell. Say thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it, and we will see you in the next one. Adios.